0: This is Hannibal here and we are doing the World Class Cast podcast with none other than my co-host who is also the guest tonight the owner of World Class Pro Wrestling former wrestler himself none other than Jerry the Boss Boss Stick how are you doing today sir I'm good man how about yourself I'm not doing too bad at all. And fans, if you're tuning into this, Jerry is going to be asking or answering your questions. So you could ask him anything. He says he's willing to talk about whatever you want. And I already see there's a fan on here that says he loves world-class old version and this version. Uh, He hopes that you use the classic intro and make that your calling card. I don't know if you could legally... Do that, but I'm sure you're gonna have a pretty good intro once you know, the- We actually do use it. We, oh, had, you do? Uh, we had came up with the idea to, uh,
1: whenever we were trying to think of a the theme song, we couldn't really find one that we thought fit. And so I reached out to Adam Sheriff, that does a lot of the music for Ring of Honor. And I, and uh, man, he's he's solid. And I was like, hey, what can you do with the old world class theme to, uh, you know, I'm not really change it, but to make it to where we don't get sued over it. <laughs> and so uh, actually, if you watch the front of the, the actual full TV episodes, you'll see it. And it's a, a very slight deviation from uh, the original theme. And I think, you know, whenever you take that name, uh, you know, you have to protect the history behind it. And that includes everything, even the theme song. So
0: you've been through a couple different names before you settled on this world-class pro wrestling It was most recently known as World Class Revolution and a couple other names before that. Uh, I guess you must have been a fan of World Class, uh, the actual World Class Championship wrestling when you were growing up. You know, actually, the first
1: live wrestling I ever saw was uh, in Ardmore. And it was the old World Class. And it was, uh, you know, actually a young, stunning Steve versus Chris Adams. Uh, The Von Ericks were on it. And, uh, that was the first time I saw wrestling live. And I remember watching the product on ESPN growing up and, uh, you know, I was never fortunate enough to really go to the sportatorium. Um, uh, even though I've had dreams of grandeur, of, of, re, of reinventing my own version of it. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. I, I loved, I loved the old world class. I can still watch it today. Actually, you know, I think the old world class, um, it was a very physical product. It was a uh, very in your face. Maybe not the best technical wrestling you've ever seen, but you could believe what you were watching.
0: Naval Sailor, who Who's is...
1: Name? Jose. I don't even know why the hell he has that on there. That's his name, Jose. Okay, Jose.
0: <laughs> He's been watching all of the podcasts we've done so far, and he wants to know your me- most memorable moment of world-class pro wrestling.
1: Oh, man. Uh, I don't know that you can put just just one memory on it. Uh, I think probably my my own uh, personal my favorite thing is seeing uh, the other people succeed around me. It's seeing uh, a lot of the talent you know whenever you put them on a higher stage and you put them against uh, somebody that's been where you want to go and seeing them do a really good job or uh, you know like me personally probably working alongside Sting and, uh, and me as a wrestler uh, probably working uh Jinder Mahalo Point. I, I really enjoyed that. We're good friends outside of that. And, and, and that was a cool moment for me. And it was always cool for me to go back and do shows in Long Grove, wow. Oklahoma, which is my hometown. So that's just off the top of my head. That was probably that, that's probably it.
0: I actually used to be very good friends with Jinder back when we were in Stampede Wrestling together in his earlier days. I think you used him in between his first WWE run and his big wwe championship run what are your thoughts on the success that he had after his time with you and do you think he's going to reach that level again i noticed this week they seem to have replaced his old crew with a couple new (laughs) Indian talents so maybe that's a sign that they're going to give him a new push um you know, I, I think that
1: gender is I think it's well-deserved gender is a great guy outside of wrestling. He's worked hard for that opportunity. I don't think they will probably ever uh, let him get back to that status again. I think that they're um, I think that some some talents when they go to WWE or their hands are tied and in his work, obviously, when he was running with the championship, but I don't think they'll let him get back to that.
0: Jeremy would like to know where is world class pro wrestling's home base? Well, Jeremy, that's a real
1: interesting picture you have on there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ardmore, Oklahoma. That's that's our that's my technical hometown. But as far as um, our home base, we're actually working on uh, that being Dallas, the DFW area. That's going to be our home base.
0: And your first event of the relaunch is going to be October the 3rd in Wichita, which is an area you've been promoting for many years. How did you start promoting that area? And and I've been editing some matches uh, from the building that you run there. The name slips my mind right now, but it, it seems like a very unique venue that you run. Uh, the world-famous Cotillion.
1: It was actually built, uh, I want to say it was either the 40s or 50s. So it's been around a while. Its uh, Impacts are in there. It's a legendary music venue. That's what it's mostly known for. But it's uh, one of my favorite places to go. I love the people in Wichita. They're very appreciative of wrestling. And uh, we're excited to go back there on October the 3rd. You know, I actually had uh, conversations about that today with the venue and uh, my camera crew. And so uh, we're going to be coming back in style. It's going to be Sunday, October the 3rd. The show's going to start at 6 p.m. Tickets will go on sale either this weekend or next. Um, It's going to be our first show going into new territory, per se, as we're going to be changing kind of um, the way our product's presented. And we're going to do it live on pay-per-view through Fight TV.
0: Very interesting. You mentioned it's going to be on pay-per-view. I've heard talk that it might also be on regular television as well do you have any news on that or could you respond to any of those questions that the fans have been asking related to if it's going to be a television product as well it is going to be taped for tv as well the initial airing
1: will be on fight, and then from there uh we're still in the process of figuring out our tv strategy we're going to uh, before we didn't really release the TV shows on YouTube. You had to subscribe to Patreon to watch them. We're not going to do that this time around. So the products will be uh, able to be watched on YouTube as we release
0: them. And as a guy that knows a thing or two about YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And your channel has actually been growing. It's almost at 4,000 subscribers now and it's getting a ton of views recently Include between Selena de la Renta, and I believe her name was Katrina, and she used to be Maxine in, in WWE. That match was the first time I've ever actually seen her wrestle. Could you tell us a little bit about, about her career, and could she possibly be returning? Uh, Carly uh, Katrina was uh, in WWE first, and
1: then she went on to play a large role in the show Lucha Underground. If you guys haven't ever watched Lucha Underground, you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, I'm sure there's other avenues as well. It's a, a really great show, I think, because uh, it was not your typical wrestling show. The storylines sometimes were a little far fetched, but the storytelling was unbelievable. Wrestling was great. And it has a lot of people that you would recognize uh, now in WWE and other various promotions. Um, you know, at the time, that was an interesting match when it was being put together. And, uh, (laughs) you know, Carly is talented. Outside of wrestling, she also is an accomplished, excuse me, she's an accomplished actress. And uh, she has a great hand on what, uh, on how to read crowds. She's worked for me multiple times. And her and Selena did an excellent job laying that match out, reading the crowd, knowing what kind of crowd we had and presenting a, a more adult-themed match, in a sense, without crossing any serious lines. And and I think it's great to go back and see how well that's done, um, because ultimately, coming back, we're going to present a more, uh, more adult product. Not adult in a bad way, but not uh, we're going to sit around and insult your intelligence with our product either, like some of the stuff that's on TV right now.
0: Anthony wants to know. There's been talk of Fatu, Jacob Fatu, the MLW champion, champion coming to the Wichita show. Any talk of any other MLW talent potentially appearing for World Class? Um, I mean, as you know,
1: World Class is the home of the Von Erichs. Uh, they will be back with us. They won't be in Wichita, but they will be on some of our upcoming shows. Uh, on that show from MLW, Gino Medina will be on it. Uh, if you guys haven't watched Gino, you're missing out. is one of the best up-and-coming stars in wrestling. Uh, he comes from Booker T. School. Great guy. Great talent. Um, outside of that, we'll have Rodney Mack. We'll have uh, Retro Randy will be making his return. Double D, Prince Mahali, Kurt Gannon, Wichita's own outlaw, um, the Step Brothers, Erica Torres, Marty Bell. Fuego del Sol, everybody's favorite AEW star, uh, Gideon Vane, Stefan Bonner, the Imperial Champion, uh, Moonshine Mantel, and also the Blood Hunter. I mean, I'm, I'm actually excited to see the Blood Hunter work. You know, I've only seen him on uh, YouTube, and uh, he's a pretty intimidating guy. I, I'm looking forward to see uh, who he goes up against and if he's able to wreak havoc there, like he has elsewhere.
0: And you mentioned uh, Fuego del Sol. I believe he picked up his first victory in AEW recently. I've become familiar with him through being a subscriber to the world-class channel. Now there's a lot of matches on the world-class YouTube channel. Maybe you could fill us in about some of his and your history. Man, you know, it's crazy. Um, he actually got to start with the trampoline
1: wrestling organization that he created. And uh, by the time he got into wrestling and was on uh Like when he got into the independent scene, he started wrestling for us. He was actually already getting paid off YouTube for his uh, trampoline company. And it was actually pretty entertaining. Uh, He's a great guy, great husband, great father, great wrestler. Uh, He's and he's really grown since he's been with us over the last few years. I think it's wonderful the work. He's doing in A.W. You know, at first he was, uh, you know, he he was good at putting spots out there but he wasn't as great as making them make sense. Now, you know, it was amazing to me. A couple weeks ago, we were working a show for my friend Brandon in Oklahoma City. And I got to sit back there and listen to him put a whole match together. And it's amazing how much he's matured and evolved. And I'm so proud of him. And, you know, he may have only got his first win, but uh, I made a post about it a couple of days ago. Uh, Outside of one win, he's been in 35 matches for them which is a lot. So you don't just get there by accident, you don't get there 35 times by accident. I'll come out and say it it's only a matter of time before he gets signed.
0: And of course you mentioned Ryan Mantel. He had an uh, AEW match this week unfortunately on the losing end to Lance Archer, but that's a step in the in the big leagues for him too and he's been at it for a while. Rodney Mack, former WWE superstar so you're putting together pretty impressive roster. Brent Stein is wondering who is your absolute favorite wrestler? Hulk Hogan hands down. You know, I remember being
1: a kid and uh, that's really what got me into wrestling. I was flipping through the channels one day and then uh, there was this big guy that looked like a superhero. And, and that was the day that I fell in love with wrestling. You know, actually, uh, My son is named after Hulk Hogan. His middle name is Hogan. (laughs) I was nice enough to make it his middle name. And, uh, you know, actually, whenever he turned heel, originally, I didn't watch wrestling for two years. You know, at that point, I knew wrestling was entertainment. But uh, I could not fathom the Hulkster being a bad guy. And So that's a funny story. I actually told Eric Bischoff about that one time. He got such a kick out of it, because we were actually sitting down talking business. And somehow that came up. And I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't watch wrestling for two years because of you. And we got a good laugh out of it.
0: And the anniversary was, I believe, yesterday of the formation of the NWO. So maybe you could share that uh, story with us.
1: You know, I mean, that's that's amazing. I think it was, what, their 25th anniversary. And they're they're still some of the top merch sellers for WWE it was such a special time in wrestling you know and i think people are sometimes disappointed in the product now because they think of what it was like then or they think of what it was like in the 80s and you know i think wrestling has been hampered a bit for not being able to create a new star since cena there's a difference between being a star and a superstar and You know, I think some of that is just how things are done now. I think, uh, you know, especially in WWE, them them handcuffing talents and not letting them be themselves and uh, not letting them speak for themselves. It's hard to make a connection with somebody whenever you're not allowed to do so.
0: Yeah, I remember particularly in the 80s and 90s, you'd go to a mall and it wouldn't be uncommon if you're if you see 20 or 30 people in wrestling shirts And now if you go to a mall, it would be rare to see one or two uh, compared to those days. And I hope it gets back to that at some point. We have somebody watching from the UK checking
1: in. Hey, Adrian, Uh, thank you for tuning in, man. That's awesome.
0: Jimmy Scott says, are you planning
1: another show in Ardmore? Um, you know, actually, back to the UK thing. Oddly enough, the Von Ericks defended our championships there a few years ago. Uh, great guy over there, Matt Jarrett. I think he runs uh, World Real Pro, Pro Wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, he's a really nice guy, really nice guy. As far as my shows coming back to Ardmore, I'm sure we will at some point. You know, uh, Ardmore is my home, and I love it. And same with Oklahoma. You know, it's just a lot easier, unfortunately, to do shows in Texas because there's no boxing commission. And, you know, the Boxing Commission, oftentimes, uh, you know, they can make things. I think they're a good thing and a bad thing. It just depends on what it is. But it's a lot easier when you don't have to deal with it.
0: Yeah, I've heard the Louisiana Commission in particular is a real pain.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you you hate to say it's a money grab, but it's a money grab. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. And, And I don't dislike them. I don't have anything against them but it is what it is.
0: Mark wants to know if Devastation Inc. is going to return to the revival of world-class pro wrestling.
1: Uh, you know, we actually did have a faction, Devastation Reborn, and that was um, Al-Farat, Akbar Farot, and actually Jinder Mahal. And uh, so, you know, it is very possible, very possible. I, I think that that is... a. Uh, you know, whenever you see Alpha Rot, you immediately do think of Skandar Agbar, and that in itself is cool.
0: As far as your Oklahomaania shows, was it you a few years ago that was going to bring in Jose Canseco for an event?
1: <laughs> it was me, and that ended up not happening. You know, if, at some point, uh, I made the mistake of trying to take on too much by myself and not letting people hurt or help me. And, and a lot of that was because I had gotten burned priorly to that. And so I was really protective of um, myself and the product and yada, yada, yada. And whenever we had started planning that, um, that event just got really just too big for me. And I was not able to do it. I was not able to do it like it should have been done. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that's off the table because Jose was definitely interested, as was I. You know, growing up, I was a huge Jose Canseco fan. Uh, he got a raw deal being the uh, the poster boy for steroids in baseball because anybody that watched baseball knew that they were all doing it. I mean, those home run numbers didn't just boost like that overnight for no reason. And even if you take steroids, guess what? It still doesn't mean you can go hit the ball. You still have to have skill. And, uh, you know, I actually did do a, a convention with Jose, and he's such a nice guy. You know, I saw him arm wrestle kids. He signed anything and everything that somebody that, or that anybody brought to him. I can't say enough nice things about him. And, you know, I honestly wish that would have uh, ended up happening. And like I said, who's to say that it won't in the future. Oklahomania definitely will be back.
0: Had he had much pro wrestling training? I remember
1: reading. Not at all, all. but you know, he was actually going to the gym and working out for getting ready. and, And, uh, you know, honestly, I mean, he lives in the same place uh, Jessica Jessica Haas lives in. And so, uh, you know, just like with her, I do have connections there to send him to stuff like that.
0: Right. And of course, her, her uh, wrestling name is going to be uh, Jenny Santana. And you and I kind of found her and you've hooked her up with the training you found her. I was just smart enough to put the dots together. Like, why is she
1: not in wrestling?
0: <laughs> she you know, a have a love game. for it. She no. seems to be like really enjoying it. Uh so I'm just wondering what you think of her progress so far. She's had a few training classes. I know it's hard to tell, but what do you think so far? You know, I've I've asked Kyle, um, uh, my, my friend Kyle Hawk
1: is actually training her for me in Las Vegas. And uh, I've had a couple of conversations with him and he said she's doing really well. She's really athletic. And I think whenever you come from like the mixed martial arts background, I think it's an easy transition, just like it is for an athlete. And sometimes it's actually easier to make that transition into pro wrestling when you have that background as opposed to just watching wrestling your whole life. No offense, anybody, but it's typically an easier transition. And so I'm excited to see what the future holds for her. You know, I was happy that she was willing to take on her dad's last name. And, um, you know, I hope it's something, you don't want something to happen just to benefit you. You want it to also benefit the person involved. So I I hope it's something really good for her as well.
0: I'll be interested to see if her father takes more of an interest. uh, Once he sees that she's dedicated to it.
1: And, And, you know, I hope he does. And, if he does, then, you know, it's our place to take care of that relationship, too. And, and if it's something that can help them grow, then, you know, that's your job, not necessarily as a promoter, but as a person to support something like that.
0: Al has a question about Eric Embry and Tom Pritchard, of course. If anyone hasn't seen the Eric Embry podcast from a couple of weeks ago, that one uh, has taken off. So I highly suggest people look that up on the World Class Pro Wrestling YouTube channel and subscribe to it while you're at it if you haven't subscribed. But Al wants to know if you're thinking of bringing in Eric Embry and or Dr. Tom Pritchard to help book two Texas legends. You know, I never
1: actually dealt with Dr. Tom, but whenever we had a wrestling school, we actually had his book and that was based off of... uh, that was based off of. Um, that's how we train people is out of his book, and it's a really good book. If you're looking into getting into wrestling, or if you have a trained school, you're trying to train people, you should definitely look that book up. Um, as far as Eric goes, that's probably one of the best friends I have made in wrestling. We have a great relationship, and uh, anything that I do, he's welcome to do with me. And as far as booking goes, I think his uh, what he's done speaks for itself. It's one of the most genuine people in pro wrestling, and you know you can't throw around the the term. Trust a lot in life in general, but you know, I trust Eric and uh I can't wait for the relaunch because Eric is gonna
0: be a big part of that. Yeah, you can't throw that word around in wrestling in particular, with it's just the way the business is sometimes. Terry M wants to know any chance of seeing Lacey Von Eric wrestle in world class. She's been appearing elsewhere lately, but she hasn't actually got in the ring for a match. Uh, you know,
1: the door's always open for Lacey. I've never had, or I've always enjoyed Lacey whenever she's worked on shows that I've been a part of. Uh, the first time that she actually was on a show with the boys, I believe, was for um, a show we did for the University of North Texas a couple of years ago. You can actually find that on our YouTube as well. Um, it ended up, it was the first time ever that pro wrestling had worked in conjunction, excuse me, with um, with the Division One college football program and did a wrestling show actually in conjunction with, uh, pro wrestling. And so the way it worked, we did a meet and greet beforehand and they opened up their season. And, uh, immediately following that game, we had one set of matches going on in the concourse. And, and that was why we built the ring on the field directly and, uh, it ended up breaking their attendance record, something I believe that still stands today. So that was a Truly a magical night. Man, you know, like I'm a firm believer that the only person's going to stop you from doing something is yourself. And if you have dreams, chase them. You know, I mean, the worst anybody's ever going to tell you is no.
0: <laughs> I believe this is the real Eric Embry saying if devastation <laughs> is coming back, that the flamboyant Eric Embry is coming back for sure. Then he went on to write. Yes, that was (laughs) me.
1: Well, there you have it. You know, if Eric Embry says he's coming back, who am I to
0: tell him no? John Lewis wants to know if Tommy Rich should be in the WWE Hall of
1: Fame. No. Nothing against Tommy Rich. I mean, I have respect for Wildfire, but, you know, I think uh, maybe the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, yes, but will he be in the WWE Hall of Fame? No. I mean, you know, nothing against the WWE Hall of Fame, but it's a publicity stunt. That's what it is. If it wasn't a publicity stunt, then everybody would already be in it that's supposed to be, but they have to space it out because it's a publicity stunt. They don't have a real Hall of Fame, but, you know, if you want to go see a Hall of Fame, they have one in Wichita Falls, and it's a really good one, and that's a physical Hall of
0: sunset moth wants to know your thoughts on using one man gang as a manager he says he thinks he would surprise people in the role of leading his own gang sunset moth sounds like a wrestler himself i mean that
1: name is (laughs) uh you know honestly i wouldn't have anything against that if everything uh worked out accordingly we had something good uh the thing with him would be You'd know, you have to find people as big as him, so that way he did not make them look small, and that might be hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's what, 6'8", 400 pounds plus? Yeah, you know, it was
1: pretty cool. I saw him a couple years ago at uh, WrestleCon, and one day he was one-man gang, and the next day he was a king. And I was like, man, this guy, he gets it. (laughs) It was really cool.
0: Mark, um, brings up that there's no Gary Young in drag to clock Eric Embry with a weighted purse this time if Eric comes back uh, who's to say
1: that they're still not I mean, <laughs> as far as I know Gary's still around and, and, well, you know, it, it goes back to once again preserving the history of something and whenever you take on the world class name or any name that has history like that you know you owe it to the people that that name meant something to Uh, you know, to take care of the history and and to help them fall in love with it all over again.
0: Speaking of Eric Embry, what is your favorite angle that Eric Embry was a part of over the years in Texas wrestling?
1: I mean, definitely the world-class banner, you know? I mean, it's it's synonymous with uh, Eric Embry, you know, him taking it down. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, you know, watching somebody as a wrestler is one thing, but uh, developing a real friendship with them is another. And, and I can't say enough great things about Eric. I remember, uh, you know, whenever it was on syndication, I, I loved Eric. I thought he was one of the greatest talents on there. And, uh, you know, it, it would it would have been interesting to see where his career would have went if, um, you know, he wouldn't have had the accident. But still, anybody that's watched the world-class history,
0: you know, he's a big part of that, always will be. Bryce Boudreaux is checking in. To say hello. Bryce, you? one of the best
1: ring announcers in the game. No doubt. No doubt.
0: As far as your plans on how often world-class pro wrestling is going to run, is it something that's going to run once a month? Will there be multiple shows once a month? Uh, or is it still too early in the stages to really think that far ahead? Uh you know, at this point, it's it's still a little far ahead.
1: Um, our goal ultimately is to, uh, you know, use the uh, the rest of 2021 to get all of our ducks in a row, have a couple shows here and there, knock the promoter rust off. So, you know, there's ring rust. Why can't there be promoter rust? It is also going to give us uh, give us a chance to look at uh, talents collectively. Myself, Eric. Um, who knows who else might be involved? And, uh, you know, so I believe that whenever we do the full launch, um, we're looking at as many as, I would say, three to four shows a month. But for sure, too, um, we're looking at quarterly pay-per-views like the old WWF model. And, you know, in 2018, we produced over 40 live events in a year. And I don't think that's far-fetched to do the same again.
0: I'm going to assume that what caused the break was mainly COVID and all the restrictions and so forth and and just difficulty in promoting during that time and you wanted to play it on the safe side. You know, at that time, whenever COVID hit, um,
1: we were running weekly in Carrollton, Texas. and It was a great venue. It was really cool. Um, and then I remember when COVID first broke out, you know, the first week, you know, there wasn't still a lot in the news about it. So it was when it had business as usual. The next week, when it really picked up a lot of steam, uh, we probably had 50% drop in attendance. And I said, you know, this is, we have to stop. And so, uh, you know, I don't even think that I realized how much I needed a break. Uh, it had wrestling had taken its toll on me running so hard for five years in a row. And, um, you know, it was tough at times, it was tough mentally, it was tough physically. And like I said, a lot of that was on me for for carrying so much of that load by myself. And um, but all you can do really is really look at things in hindsight and realize what you did right, what you did wrong, and not repeat those mistakes.
0: Am I seeing right that you're wearing a Backstreet Boys shirt? Absolutely,
1: peace, love, and the Backstreet Boys. I'm a huge advocate of of the Backstreet Boys. The, <laughs> you know, they're uh, the greatest boy band of all time. Well, I don't know. New Edition's pretty good, too. I'm, I'm a huge music guy. Um, you know, I think music is, is a huge part of, of a lot of people's lives. It definitely is not mine. And, uh, you know, I want it that way. It's got to be one of the greatest songs of all time. Hands
0: down. I went to a combined Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the Block concert. A few I did, years. too. I did oh, t- you that tour, yeah. <laughs> and I would say there was only about 2% males. Yeah, you know, it was really odd, man. You know, I
1: did this, I did the meet and greet, right? And uh, so it was new kids. And so uh, we go in this room, we're waiting on them to come in or whatever. And I look around, I'm like, man, this is odd. I'm the only guy in here. And it was funny because my girlfriend at the time, like she didn't even want to go to the concert. I did. <laughs> so... Uh, I ended up just, I felt weird being the only guy in there. And, and so I sat there and talked to Donnie Wahlberg for a few minutes and he was a really nice guy. And then they give you this gift bag. And so I don't look at it, whatever I go sit down and uh, I open it up and it's got like a blindfold, a uh, women's t-shirt, some panties. And I can't remember if there was anything else in there. And I thought, man, do they just not think that there's any guy fans. Yeah. And I was really disappointed with the gift bag, but the concert was amazing. Uh, both Backstreet Boys and New Kids in the Block were were really, really amazing in concert. And I highly suggest if either one of them's around that you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I certainly like the odds. I'll never complain uh, with those kind of odds in an (laughs) arena. William uh, wants to know if the pay-per-view is going to be something that's going to be live or will this be taped and edited and released later? Uh, as long as all of the
1: internet stuff checks out, uh, it's going to be live. Uh, you know, we've ran, we ran a joint, uh, pay-per-view with impact prior. Uh, we've, uh, our set gorilla position for them at Anniversary and helped them with that. And we also did our own independent pay-per-view a couple of years ago. So we're no stranger to running live pay-per-views. We've never had any issues. So as long as the, all the internet speeds check out and, uh, all the equipment checks out, then yeah, it's going to be live.
0: Now I have worked with impact a couple times in Canada. I didn't have the best experiences with you. Them. Either, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Could you share as we don't need to go bash them or anything, but I'm just wondering, uh, how was your experience working with impact? I don't, <laughs> I don't like to bash anybody, honestly. Um, but you know, honestly it was disappointing.
1: Um, Whenever we did slam anniversary with them, that well, actually, no, we did a joint pay-per-view with them before. I forgot all about that. We've done two pay-per-views with them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the first time, it was an interesting transition, one of the many transitions they've had as a company. And so, I mean, I think it ended up being a one-night-only Oklahoma pay-per-view, and they only aired it in Europe. I mean, that's pretty weird marketing. Who in Europe is going to watch a one-night-only Oklahoma pay-per-view? And so, but you know, I didn't have any bad experiences with them. And then, whenever we did Slam reversary, uh, me and my crew, we went down there. And me and my crew, they know how to take care of business, and they are very good at it. And they were really impressed with us. Uh, like I said, I handled Gorilla Position for them and, and Slam reversary and, and that was a lot of fun. And, and you know, I think I did a really good job with that too. And so after that, then we started exploring talks and working together. And I told them from the get go, you know, hey no disrespect, but I'm not enamored by your name. You know, in these parts, world class is as big as impact. And, you know, as long as we can be on the up and up and everything's even, then I have no problem with it, you know? And so we did back to back shows and, um, I just don't really feel like they kept their word on certain things. I felt like they didn't bring a lot of their uh, main talent that they should have to help the, the shows do better than what they did. And, uh, you know, like i said i don't have any hard feelings like I, I really don't have any hard feelings with anybody at this point and uh but you know at, at the same time it's a blessing too because a lot of people wish they had those opportunities and and i'm very thankful for all the opportunities that that i've had and, and all of the you know the great things that we've done so
0: are you surprised that impact is still going with the no fans model like I saw that last week they did a 0.02 rating, which was their lowest on access. And then I went to watch the highlights to try and figure out what was so bad about the show. And I realized they're still doing no crowd when it just seems like even having 50 people in there would make a difference. Are they going with no crowd or just nobody goes? You might have
1: to ask. I'm kidding. kidding. Uh, I mean, you know, WWE's going without a crowd too still. So, I mean, obviously they're going back on the road. But um, I think it's a case-by-case basis. I'm not sure where they tape now. I'm not sure what the restrictions are there. Um, I think it's in Nashville. Yeah, I don't know what the restrictions are like in Nashville. I know there's some other products that run around there. I don't really know what the purpose would be be of not having fans at this point. I think it does make the product uh, seem strange. I think, um, you know, watching the Thunderdome sometimes. I've actually had to start watching it again. You know, I've I've made it, uh, I'm trying to make it a thing to watch all of the major shows I can each week for the last few weeks. It's been hard. It's a hard life sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Especially uh, these last few weeks where it's been um, like the record low. But I, I I think the thing without fans, though, I think it's weird. Because, you know, I mean, you know that they're piping in these sounds, these crowd sounds. You know, when I watched the Hall of Fame, that was all out strange. And so I, I think it's just not authentic. I mean, I think that's one reason why the ratings are bad, too. I mean, you can't get into something when you know, I mean, you know it's a work anyways, but it's like a double work, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because, I mean, now they're they're dictating more than ever crowd reactions. and And it's in a bad way. So, I'm not a fan of it.
0: No, I would rather have just the uh, force people to chop more and and use blows that have like some type of sound connection with no sound from the fans than these fake booing and cheering. Um, or what did I see the other week? Uh, John Morrison took uh, a move from ricochet uh, where he fell backwards. Maybe you saw it. And I like John Morrison, but he fell backwards off the barrier. And it was just so obvious that there was probably a mat behind it because they didn't take any shot from behind. And, you know, with no crowd, they can pull that type of stuff. So I yeah. Know. I mean, it definitely makes it easier to pull those
1: stunts off. But John is actually one of the few things I do enjoy watching that show because he is such a creative guy. Um, You know, I can't say enough about John. My time with him was wonderful. You know, he did a bunch of crazy stuff for me that he never had to do. I mean, he appeared on our show as Boone the Bounty Hunter. He never had to do that. And uh, I'm really enjoying the whole Johnny Drip Drip thing. I think it's hilarious. I think him and Miz do a a great work together. You know, it would be amazing to me uh, to see... um, what them two would be capable of if they didn't have their hands tied and, and, and it still wasn't scripted to a large extent. Whenever he worked his last show for Impact, that was actually the Slammiversary show. And, uh, you know, we talked and he's like, what do you think about me going back there? And I said, man, I said, you got to do what you got to do. I said, but the only thing that worries me is they're going to take away your creativity. And I'm glad that they're still letting him do some things, you know, obviously not on the level he was, but John is one of the top talents in pro wrestling. I'd tell anybody that whether it be in the ring, outside of the ring, he gets it. And he, his mind is just so brilliant when it comes to pro wrestling.
0: Yes. And I really enjoyed actually the, uh, the Dallas spoof that, that you did with John. Uh, through that one venue that I think was the same venue where they filmed some some Dallas uh, stuff that maybe you could elaborate on. But fans, you can look that up on, on this world-class pro wrestling YouTube channel, uh, Boone the Bounty Hunter, world-class pro wrestling. If you search it, that video is going to pop up. But I thought it was pretty entertaining. Well, you know, at that point, nobody had really done cinematic wrestling like that. There,
1: there was always in WWE the attempts of making a crossover with Hollywood. And most of the time, I think it was uh, very, very, um, just very bad because it was once again, you know, you can transcend into something else, but do it organically instead of forcing. it. And it, and it's funny because uh, one of the top agents of pro wrestling had actually seen that episode. And Dave Meltzer actually said uh, the intro to the third episode was the greatest 30 seconds of wrestling he's ever seen. <laughs> but, you know, the story behind it, He, uh, the guy that was the agent, he's like, how did you come up with this? And He goes, you know, WWE does it and it's usually bad. And he goes, and this was brilliant. And I said, man, I said, I was sitting in Hawaii with Von Erics and I was trying to show him something on my phone. And I accidentally clicked on my tour of Southport because I'm a huge Dallas man." And uh, I clicked on that picture and I said, hey, we should do a wrestling show there. We should do the wrestling version of who shot Jr." So, you know, actually, the first person I called was John. And I was like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but hear me out. And uh, because John actually the Boone the Bounty Hunter character is uh, a movie that John had written, produced everything on his own. Uh, If you guys haven't seen it, it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it still is. But Boone the Bounty Hunter, you should check it out. It just shows you just how creative he is. And so John, uh, he loved the idea, surprisingly enough. So next up was on to Jr. And uh, Jr. said, uh, I'm not going to get shot. I'm not doing that carny shit. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, we had we actually it was kind of crazy. We showed up that day, uh, came up with the whole concept and everything. And one day produced the whole thing, shot it. I mean, we were in and out. And I thought it was some of the best TV and, and most innovative TV that we did. And uh, you know, we adopted that method when we would go to certain other places. And you know, to me, it was just kind of a break from the norm. You know, it was a. Uh, there's some things that, that wrestling. Um, you know, some people won't watch wrestling, but if you intertwine it with something like Dallas or like we did with Wizard of Oz or or Smallville or Smoking the Bandit, some of these things, these pop culture things, if you can blend them together properly, you're going to transcend pro wrestling into unknown territory, and you're going to draw other people uh, that don't like wrestling just because of the TV content. And, uh, you know, actually, there was a TV executive that I was talking to, and uh, she was like, you know, I don't like wrestling at all. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, I watched both episodes of that Pee Wee Herman and I laughed so hard and I was like, bam, mission accomplished. Cause that was the ultimate goal with those was to uh, tap into pop culture, not just pro wrestling. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know, learn to adapt, evolve and take chances. I think that's just in life in general.
0: And Kevin Sorbo, I think his name is from the Hercules series was actually in that Boone, the bounty hunter movie with John Morrison. And I actually liked it. I saw it when it was on Netflix. I thought it was pretty cool. (laughs) If you're a fan of eighties movies, I think you'll like that. I mean, you would love it. And it's got rampage
1: Jackson. It's got a lot of little cameos here and there. And like I said, man, that's just a testament to how
0: good John is. Scott Steiner has been on a lot of world-class pro wrestling events over the years Many of his matches are on the world class pro wrestling YouTube channel. You always hear the horror stories about Scott Steiner. I've used him three times in Great North Wrestling in Canada. He's been easy for me to work with. I imagine he was your champion at one point. Uh, you probably found the same thing. Uh, he was never our champion. He was. Uh... Oh, no. <laughs> Whose title no. was that? <laughs> oh,
1: man. What did we call it? he couldn't think of the company at the time. So we called him, uh, I want to say we called him the Georgia heavyweight champion. (laughs) He was the, we were laughing about it. I was like, yeah, you're the champion of the whole state. And he's like, you're fucking right. I am. And, uh, but you know, what's weird is he's worked for me off and on for 15 years. And, uh, you know, we didn't talk for a lot of those years. I mean, we always did good business, but we were not really, uh, we were not really friends per se. And, um, Actually, it was a show at the Cotillion in Wichita, and afterwards, uh, Justin Roberts was like, "Hey, man, I need to go get my picture with Steiner," and I was like, "Well, you're a big boy, go get it." And so he goes back there, and uh, or he's, he he won't go. He wants I have to go with him. So I go with. him. We go back there, and the door's locked, and I'm like, "Oh man, the door's locked." So, you know, we better just get on. And um, so then he unlocks the door. And you would think most of the time you're going to think about what you say before you say it to people. And I go in there and, you know, I thank him for coming, whatever. And then for some reason, I ask him if he got his invite to the WWE Hall of Fame. Why would I say that? That is so stupid. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, that that Hall of Fame's bullshit anyway. So I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So we just laughed about it. And after that, you know, we actually uh, got along really well. Every show he'd work at after that. Uh, you know, we would just sit down and laugh and talk and not really about wrestling stuff, just about life. I mean, some of it would be wrestling related. And we always had the understanding on those shows when we started shooting TV that he was free to say and do whatever he wanted. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. I was like, because every time you come on TV, we're going to put a disclaimer beforehand. We're going to play the, the siren. And then it's going to say we're not responsible for anything you say or do. And we're just going to let you do whatever you want. And that resulted in uh, some killer promos, uh, him throwing a guy in the pool at South Fork, him throwing a guy and a referee uh, in Lake Louisville in Texas, which was apparently against the law. But, of course, the big bad booty daddy doesn't care about the law. And so uh, I think Scott's great. I think the same thing about Sid. You know, Sid gets a really bad rap amongst people. and, And Sid's one of my favorite people in wrestling
0: Yeah, he's a a nice guy for sure, but of course you got the big push, and whenever you get a big push in wrestling, uh, you're going to have your detractors, unfortunately. And then there was the whole Arn Anderson thing, which whoever was at fault, it was both of them from what I understand, but then the, the one side of Anderson's always kind of bashed it after that, and unfortunately
1: i guess he was a member of the four horsemen so sid must have been wrong
0: yeah well sid was actually a member of the four horsemen too wasn't he for a brief period yeah he didn't have that seniority iron head so no.
1: <laughs> but you no. know sid, man Sid's a, Sid's a stand-up dude and you know he actually had that reputation of no-show on a lot of people and you know i'd like to share this fact i think oftentimes um you get what you get from people and it's based off how you treat them, you know, and how, and if you respect them and for Sid to have that kind of reputation, uh, it's so misleading. There were numerous shows in the period in which he worked for me that he would drive there himself. And these aren't easy drives. I mean, he lives in, I think West Memphis, Arkansas. He drove to Kansas. He drove to Oklahoma. He drove to Texas. Uh, He did all that just to help me. And, you know, I think Sid's one of the greatest guys in
0: wrestling. Oh, definitely. And sometimes, too, uh, Sid does require a good amount of money, and he doesn't usually ask for a deposit either, which is rare for uh, for a star like that. Another big star you've used is Sting, which I was really impressed that you pulled off. That was during the time before he returned to to AEW on the on the main stage, how was your experience working with him? I think Sting is one of the most genuine people in wrestling.
1: Um, man, <laughs> you know our relationship is really good, or or it was really good. Uh, we don't talk as much as we used to, but uh, Sting actually came along at a point in my life, whenever I was struggling, and um, somehow he knew it. You know, Sting is, a uh, he, he gets this respect when he's in the locker room. Everybody's always on their best behavior. And uh, I remember one day we were on the phone and we were talking business. I mean, that's the only thing I'd ever really calling for at that point was business. And um, man, uh, one day he was like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, let me know if you ever want to talk. I know you have a void in your life. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, Oh man. Uh, he was like, you have a void with God. And I was like, uh, well, I believe in God for sure. And he's like, no, I know you do. He goes, I just wanted to let you know if you ever wanted to hear my story, I'd love to share it with you. And at that time I had a nine to five and I was like, Oh, you know, I got to go back to work. And, uh, and i also had lex luger that show you know sting doesn't get to see lex as much as he used to and, and uh, i always liked lex lex was always good when i did business with him and so i bought brought lex in early and sting picked him up and and uh you know Sting Sting lives in, outside of dallas and um, so they got spent a few days together and so he calls a few days before the show and he's like yeah you know um you know or uh can I get a hotel in Ardmore? I'm like, oh, yeah, not a problem. I don't know why you'd want to stay here when you could drive home. I mean, because it's literally probably two and a half hours uh, from where Sting lives. And um, and he's like, and can you send me a list of churches? I'm like, yeah. So I send him a list of churches not thinking anything about it. And uh, at the end of the phone call, he's like, oh, yeah, guess what? And I'm like, what? And he's like, we're kidnapping you and you're going with us. And I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> and so I tell my mom and um, it turns out it was actually the church... Uh, it was the church to where uh, my son's mother went at the time and so in the back of this church, uh, it's me, my son Sting Lex Luger and Sting's wife. and unbeknownst to me um, it was actually also the day she was getting baptized and uh, it's just crazy how things work out and after church he was like hey do you want to go to Starbucks and I was like <laughs> I know where this is going and so we go and uh him and Lex both gave their testimonies and it was really deep and uh you know I can't say enough nice things about both of them both of them and, and what they did for me personally um, sometimes when you meet your heroes they let you down you know maybe not intentionally and some don't some do but uh Sting would never let you down. And he's everything he's advertised to be. So I'll always be thankful uh, to Sting and Lex for taking the time they did with me personally, which far transcends anything in wrestling.
0: That's good to hear. I was always questionable about Lex, hearing all the stories until I actually went to his mother's house to do the uh, shoot interview that I did with him. And I could tell he was genuine after I met him. And uh, it really impressed me that he could be such a positive person despite his situation. You know, one thing he said to me in that conversation was, uh,
1: he said, Jerry, people feel sorry for me. And he said, and they shouldn't because I'm happier than I've ever been because of my relationship with God and you know he was never supposed to be able to walk again or anything and and he got up and uh, Sting went to go put his wheelchair in the car and he got up he had to stand on the side of the car but he walked all the way to his seat and I was like what are you doing <laughs> you're know, you not supposed to be walking <laughs> but Lex is a great guy you know. and, and he said you know he did bring up he said you know you probably heard a lot of bad stories about me and they're true he goes that's how it was. He goes, but I'm not
0: like that anymore. Sting and Lex are on uh, Williams' bucket list to see them, as are a lot of people. Uh, Anthony wants to know, is it possible to see a Fugo versus Sammy Guevara match in Wichita? I know Guevara wrestled for you before he went on to AEW, and fans could look back in your your YouTube library at world-class pro wrestling and find some of those matches.
1: I see what you're doing there. You're good at this. <laughs> uh, Fuego and Sammy, probably not possible. I don't think that Sammy's uh, contract with A- AEW probably, pro- or probably prohibits that, if I was guessing, you know, maybe we will get lucky enough to see uh, that match in AEW eventually. Uh, I do think Fuego will end up getting signed by them. Uh, you know, they wrestled for me probably four years ago, if I was guessing. And so I'd love to see them wrestle now and just see how far both of them come. You know, Sammy's come a long ways, too, since his uh, indie days. And, you know, he may have been it a couple of weeks ago. Super happy for him, too. Uh, their video logs, if you haven't seen them, blogs, whatever they're called, uh, they're really good. That one this week was really sad about Fuego leaving one last time and going home. But if you guys haven't seen those, you should je- definitely check them out.
0: They're pretty William says your Wizard of Oz parody was really good. That, of course, is your Wizard of World Class parody that that is also on this channel. I heard either people loved it or hated it.
1: Yes. Um, It was a mixture of both. Yeah. We we were disappointed at the time. Um, I thought the content was good. I thought some of it was a little hokey. And the way we presented it was not proper. It it was totally opposite from uh, the way we presented Dallas, and and you know whenever you're going into unknown territory, um, it's okay to try new things, and it's okay to succeed, and it's okay to fail, (laughs) and uh, you know, in in my opinion, overall, the way it it was because the way it was presented that it didn't come across as good as the Dallas show, and that's on us. And but I think overall um, there was a lot of good stuff in there. You know, I mean, how, how often do you get see Jake the Snake play the Wizard? And it was funny because at one point, Sid was actually on that show, too. And uh, I forget who it was. was. They go up to him and they were like, are you the wizard of world class? And he goes, no, little girl. I'm the master ruler roller of world class. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I love Sid once again. Yeah. But Jake did a great job at that, too. I asked his daughter, you know, because that's who uh, handles his bookings. I said, hey, did you, uh, did you tell him what he was going to be doing? And she's like, yeah, he's sick. He loves it.
0: I'm like, oh, that's great. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it ended up being cool. And Sid got a huge pop that night when he interfered in the Von Ericks match. I believe yes. that's one of the loudest pops I've heard on the videos uh, from world class. Uh, would you say so as well, being there live that night?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it and I think honestly, whenever you've been gone a while and you come back, I think it's an awesome moment for, uh, you know, like Sid as well, you know, to, I mean, you know, like people haven't forgotten you, but whenever you show back up after a long hiatus and, and you get a loud pop, I think it's almost reassurance in a sense. I think sometimes, and I'm not saying with Sid, but sometimes people in general, like sometimes it crosses their mind that they might be forgotten. And whenever they show up and, Fans give them the adoration that they deserve. I think it it's deep meaning to a lot of people. You know, I remember uh, when Iceman came back to wrestling for us. Um, you know, nobody really knew how it was going to go because he had been gone so long. And whenever his music hit, uh, I actually sat out in the crowd to watch it, as I will do from time to time to get, uh, to get an organic feel for the product. You know, and um, I remember when his music hit and he came out, people loved it. And he got a huge pot. His promos was was like he never left. And, you know, he's one of my good friends in wrestling, too. And after that show, I remember him coming up to me. And uh, I had to meet with him like four times before he would agree to appear because he was worried about, uh, he he was worried that he would get treated wrong. And afterwards, I remember him coming up and, and he just gave me a hug and you know, he said he was sorry. And I was like, I understand. And uh, he said, I I got chills. That moment, too. That's up there. That was cool. And, you know, he actually went on to wrestle a couple matches. And uh, I remember the first match that he wrestled, uh, he didn't know until the night before that he was going to wrestle. And we had to break it to him. And it was me and Justin Roberts. And Justin was like, uh, well, you know, we need him to work. And I was like, well, you go tell him. He's like, you got to tell him. So I go tell him. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah. I was like, man, all you have to do is sit in the corner. You know, they'll they'll get cut off the whole match. And then you will come in on the hot tag and you'll take it home. He's like, "Okay, okay." So that match comes along the next night. And we're sitting there because we're in the midst of a a three-day trip. And so we're we're sitting there and I'm doing something. I look up like three minutes into the match and he's in the ring. I'm like, what is he doing? And after the match, I I asked Marshall and Ross. I'm like, why did y'all tag him in? He's like, man, he wouldn't leave us alone. What were we supposed to do? And I was like, whoa. But, you know, that was a special moment, too. I remember after that match uh, and somebody actually got a picture of one of my favorite pictures. And it was just a was a pic of us hugging each other. It was genuine and uh, you know, I've gone to his birthday parties. I wish him happy birthday every year, like this year when I couldn't go and uh, you know, I feel like when people work for you, you should have a vested interest in what's best for them too. Yeah, your job as a promoter is is to ultimately care for your product, but you should care about your people. You should know their names, you should know their families' names, you should know that they have kids, you know? And whenever you, whenever they bring them into that atmosphere, you, know, you should also appreciate that because um, you know they're bringing their family into your world, and inside your world, they should be treated as good as they're treated. And so, uh, I got a lot of love for ice Man and you know, it's very cool moments that
0: we've shared. son is checking in from Norway, and he wants to know any plans for a world tour. I don't think you're you're going that big yet, but maybe you could tell us. What states you plan to run
1: in? Uh, you know, typically we stay in Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, Arkansas. Um, you know, I'm not against any state or any country, you know, as long as it makes sense. Um, we've actually explored international markets. We actually had international TV in Israel for a while. Um, so we're, we're not against anything. You definitely have to grow to get to that point. But, um, you know, that's that's why there's the Internet. That's why there's television there's numerous ways to get your brand out there. Excuse me. You know, it's, it's your, it's your job to develop your brand and to grow it to that point where you can go to places like that.
0: Now for anyone watching this that wants to follow world class pro wrestling on social media, do you want to fill us in on all of the social media outlets where we could stay up to date on what's going on? Well, you should def-
1: definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel because, uh, you know, I promise we won't see me on here very often doing these interviews, <laughs> but we're going to have the world class cast every week, you know, as long as nothing comes up. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well, World Class Pro Wrestling. You can visit our website, worldclassprowrestling.com. Uh, we have an Instagram at some somewhere too, and we have a Twitter at something. And so we're, we're on all of the major uh, pieces of social media. So.
0: Mixed partial farts is seeing Jerry get emotional when he talks about how sting and Lex, uh, in a way revealed God truly to him, hit me deep. Much respects to you, thanks for sharing that. At 25, he's found God, you know. Uh,
1: thank you for sharing that. I think it's uh, important to have that relationship with God, uh, whenever. Prior to that, really, it wasn't just that. It was a string of events, and uh, it was like a six-month period where it was just one thing after another. And then uh, one day I was – I finally was like, all right, God, I get it, man. I get it. I get it. And, you know, I'm not perfect by any means. I still mess up as next as much as the next person, maybe a lot more than most. But uh, I learned to put my faith in God, and – What that means to me is, um, you know, I used to worry a lot. I used to stress a lot. And, um, but now I feel like, and I have felt since then that as long as I'm doing what I need to be doing, and it's for the right reasons, that in the end, God will take care of it. I don't think that um, God takes care of things on our time. I think he takes care of them on his time. And so, uh, you know, I can say that uh, you know I'm a firm believer in God and I'm a firm believer in having faith.
0: There's another fan on here. Brent says passion is just that. He says you're a great person. Justin says he's been a wrestling fan for 30 Thank years, you. but uh, he just can't bring himself to yeah. watch it anymore. <laughs> Hopefully world-class can be a legitimate alternative to you guys. And Al says he hopes that we do an interview with 90-year-old Bill Mercer. You know, actually, uh, Bill was on
1: that North Texas venture we did. Uh, really nice guy. It was really cool having him there. Uh, definitely a big part of the history of world class. Uh, what was the comment before that? I was going to comment on that, too.
0: Uh, the one about W, the guy saying he was a WB fan for 30 years and he can't bring himself to watch it anymore you know honestly as wrestling fans we should just hope they get
1: better you know you should never hope that anybody goes out of business you should never uh you should never be negative on their products it's easy to be negative on a product whenever you don't know everything that goes into doing it and that, that that's world-class wwe aw whatever um, but you know they're I do believe they're trying to put on good quality products and for whatever reason right now, they're just being hindered in numerous ways. Uh, I think WWE is a good example. Uh, A lot of people don't know this, but in order to be a writer for WWE, you're supposed to have a journalism degree. How many wrestling people are walking around with journalism degrees? I think that uh, is a lot of the issue. And, you know, the fact that somebody brought this up to me one time, I never thought about it like this. They said, why do you think they haven't created new stars? And I was like, I, mean, I don't know, honestly, I mean, something's broken somewhere and they said they're making more money than ever. They haven't created new stars because if you don't create a new superstar, you don't have to pay them like a superstar, which is also intriguing. Um, you know, I think AEW is an alternative to WWE. Is it the right one? I don't know. You know, I, I can watch anything as a fan. And whenever I watch AEW, I just know when I turn it on that it's not gonna make psychological sense most of the time. <laughs> and I'm just okay with it. I just find it amusing and whatever for whatever reason. You know, I can watch almost any product. And and like I said, I've been making it a point to watch AEW and WWE the last few weeks. And so you know, we should all be thankful for the wrestling that we do have.
0: It's not perfect, but it beats the alternative of not having it, period. Gives me something to talk about. So it keeps me uh, making some money, but thanks for uh, doing this and for the fans that aren't that familiar with you. They got to know you a little bit today. So in future interviews, they'll have a better idea uh, of who the man behind world-class pro wrestling is. And I'll let you close this off. However you want. Thank you to the fans for all of your questions. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in today, especially late, late
1: notice. Um, you know, I appreciate every one of you that supported us from the get-go all the way to now, and especially those of you that stuck with me through everything, the good, bad, and ugly. And, uh, you know, just know that everything that we do, uh, I always try to put myself in your shoes and try to create a product that, that you will enjoy. And, you know, everything that we produce is personal to me, you know, it comes from my heart. And I'd like to think that most of the talent that we use, you know, um, they have your best interest at heart, too. Uh, thank you for supporting wrestling. You know, through the good times and bad, you know, it's like anything else. You know, it's like, uh, it's like sports or television or music or whatever. You know, people go, they go through good runs, they go through bad runs. It's a roller coaster. And, you know, your support on staying on those rides over and over and over, it's appreciated. Not just me, but by everybody that puts out a product. You know, being a promoter is not easy. Being a wrestler, not easy. You know, but you guys uh, choose to stick stick with us in the wrestling industry in general. And, and I appreciate that. So thank you for that. Thank you guys for tuning in week after week for this podcast so far. Uh, if you haven't seen our prior episodes with the Von Erics, Eric Embry, Stephen Bonner, go check those out. Uh, make sure you check out our other videos. We will be back uh, officially relaunching October the 3rd in Wichita at the world famous cotillion, one of my favorite venues, in one of my favorite towns. It'll be live on pay per view. Uh, as long as technology wills it through fight TV. Um, There's a lot of great talent on that show. And, you know, thank you guys again. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, I got those other social media platforms too. I don't know the names on them, (laughs) but I'm on there somewhere. And thank you. They're all in the
0: description of the video, by the way.
1: Yes, They're all in the description. That makes it so much easier. Uh, Thank you, Hannibal, for taking me on this journey with you as a, I think it's important, not just in wrestling, but in life, whenever you're in charge of anything, to surround yourself with people that are better than you. And I have definitely done that with this. So thank you very much for everything you've done for us so far, I appreciate it. And I think it's gonna be a a great working relationship with us and and I'm looking forward to a lot more of it. Looking forward to bringing World Class back for you guys. And, uh, you know, some people have played while I was away but now I'm back and I'm not back to finish second place.